<laughs> Shut up and suffer longer. <laughs> Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler and nobody trusts anybody now. And we're all very tired. (laughs) Things that were normal aren't normal anymore. Luckily, Dave Rod's here to give us our final marching orders on our way to Uncle Larry's Christmas soiree. But before we navigate our relationships, now that they're done biting and devouring one another, (laughs) let's just shut up and welcome (laughs) in our favorite co-host Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. Filled with anime. <laughs> yeah. Anime. Surprised that one didn't make it in the, uh, yeah, whatever. Guys, how you doing? Dave's here. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. Good to be here. Welcome Father. back. Yeah. Um, we are uh, Tuesday afternoon. How's everybody feeling? Everybody's kind of a little, so- uh, downcast. Bedraggled. Yeah. Post Thanksgiving blues, just turkey coma. <laughs> what, what are we doing? How are we feeling? How's everybody doing? Coma is what it feels like in here. Yeah. No, we're good. Yeah. We're good. Come on. We're good. All yeah, right. Yeah. We're doing well. How are you, Tyler? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. Had a great Thanksgiving, smoked a turkey, uh, probably best smoked turkey I've ever made. Don't act like you're a big shot. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I want to hear how your guys' Thanksgiving was. I saw your son on Sunday and I asked him what his favorite part of Thanksgiving was. And he said it was your turkey. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Well, high praise. I, yeah. I don't even know that he ate it, to be honest, <laughs> to be honest with you. But he sure liked the process. There was some mac and cheese and he probably just <laughs> devoured that. But. Nice of him to say. Oh, man. Uh, how was everybody's Thanksgiving? What did we do? I know we talked about what we're going to do. Yeah. Did your wildest dreams come true? Marin, last we left you, you were going to impress your daughter yes. with, a, with a cheesecake. And I did. And Whoa! Yes. She what was impressed. I went with, she She requested this year a pumpkin cheesecake. She doesn't okay. like pumpkin, but she does like cheesecake. So she thought maybe this would work for her. Mm. So I went with like a kind of like a pumpkin swirl. Well, so there was like a ribbon of pumpkin that hmm. she could eat around. If she, she will surprise you. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> Forgot about that one. It's so much louder than the other. One. Yeah, no, I don't know what happened. Oh Can I have a piece? Um, yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. Okay. It was good. And I will make it again next year. She, she ate it and she liked it. Wow. Damn. Wow. All but right. The coolest thing was I made, so I made, I made the pies I told you I was going to make. I made all four yep. of them. All right. And then I had um, one extra crust. I just didn't want it to like go mm-hmm. to waste. Yeah. And the recipe that I have for crust makes two. So I had, I had an extra one. I thought, okay, my family, my husband's family, mm-hmm. I knew that they had never tried the Indiana classic sugar cream pie. Oh, yep. So I went for it. I made it and they devoured crushed it. Crushed it. They, it was their favorite thing. It's it's good. Of all the things that I brought. I don't know why I don't make one of those. The things. sugar and cream pie. Yeah. <laughs> sugar cream pie. Yeah, but it's, you're a Hoosier now. I, I suppose. Yeah. And well, and they are too. We're all from Chicago, but they live in South Bend yeah. and they had mm-hmm. never well, tried it. Throw in a so, pork, pork tenderloin and the you're thing I'm, fully Hoosier. <laughs> the thing I'm most concerned about, your, your whole point for making this uh this dessert for Desi was to gain her, her respect and love. Did she at some point like turn around, look at you and say, you know, mom, you're pretty cool. (laughs) And then like walk away as the credits rolled or anything. Was it, as, as idealistic as you imagine. Um, with her, it's never quite like that. Um, with my son, it's like that all the time. Uh-huh. But <laughs> You're cool no, mom. no, I, I did win cool mom points though. Sunday I took her on, I I've been on two road trips 
with each kid just one-on-one over the last two weeks. My son and I went to Cleveland to see a band that he really likes. You are just always in Cleveland. I love Cleveland so much. (laughs) Always. And then my daughter and I went to Chicago to see one of her favorite musicians. And that made me the cool mom. That was cool. Road tripping with Des to go see her favorite musician. Uh, It's been a long time since I left the state to go see a musician. Like it's always like, are they coming here? And even if so, (laughs) I don't know. I I don't want to leave the house, but you guys went to Cleveland to go to a bowling alley the basement of a bowling alley. The basement alley. of a bowling alley <laughs> to see this band. Yes, yes. Uh, Shub Saran. And he's an yeah. instrumental jazz guy, electric player, electric guitar player. Um, super cool. Like it's, it's you kind of, the kinds of music that my kids like, mm-hmm. it's not just like mainstream acts that are just going to like. They're not coming come to Old through. National no, Theater. No, no, no. You've got to, you got to <laughs> yeah. go where they are. Yeah. The artist I took Desi to see is from Iceland. Iceland. So wow. when she's three hours away, you got to go see her, right? Yeah, I guess. No, you you do. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. do. You do. Yeah. Yeah. And right. she's like, uh, well, Jaden has his license, but Desi's still in the stage of like racking up all these hours. Yeah. I think she's at like 44 hours or something. Yeah. We're so close. We're so close to the coveted 50. Is she, is she ready? You feel like she's ready? No, not, <laughs> not by a mile, but you she did. She drove all the way to the concert venue in Chicago, which meant her first trip down Lakeshore Drive, her first trip oh, on yeah. the Indiana Skyway. That's wow. always a true she, test. She comes to the city. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Desi's first Lakeshore Drive. Yeah. Yeah. Big deal. Uh, Barry, you guys hosted Thanksgiving. Yeah. How'd at, that go? at the farm. Well, dad was there. He could speak Dave, to us. How was it? Yeah. Wonderful. We had a yeah. great time. I, Henry got to spend a lot of time with the animals, especially the pigs and rabbits and camels. And he just was talking our ears off about everything. We couldn't always understand <laughs> Henry, what he was saying, right. but he was so, yeah. I'm going to play a video so you can hear it. Okay. Uh, you can't see it cause it's a podcast, but yes. he is talking about the, the pigs, including Marty eating pumpkins. This is what he was. This is what he was saying. Oh my so there goodness. you go. That was Henry. That's having, cuteness overload. He was having the time of his life with those pigs and the rabbits and then the chickens. And it was back it's, out to the yeah. pigs. And absolutely his favorite place on the planet yeah. is that farm. Yeah. How old is he now? Two, two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Two yeah. Half. He, this, this is the perfect age to just like, it's just cuteness over. Everything's cute. Even yes. when they're mad, they're cute because they can't <laughs> say full sentences yeah. yet. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, you know what he started saying this weekend? <laughs> I what? do know. That, I do. Can you tell, can you tell everybody what you well, taught Henry to say? <laughs> let's just, let's just oh. say that Penny is not. Shut up. <laughs> only here's how. Yeah. He watched, oh, no. he watched the message and was then saying, Dave. saying, yut up. <laughs> oh no! Shut up! I feel like he might not be the only kid uh, oh, who's, no. who's got. A new I, oh no! Believe me, I got text messages. <laughs> I, I know. got emails. I know that I was one of those text messages. Yeah. I thanked you. I thanked you for I that am moment. Not infallible. <laughs> yeah. Desi exactly- waited all of ten minutes after we got home from church to look me square in the face and tell me to shut up and be guided. Oh wow! <laughs> all in good fun, Which but still is completely missing the point. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what you meant. Absolutely missing the point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, up. he, he's the perfect age. My son Lane is almost that old 
And he's of the age. He loves animals too. We don't have a farm, but we do have Lion King. Oh, and Lion King. I'm not exaggerating. We've probably watched Lion King 70 times in the (laughs) last three weeks. Uh, And it's just, he can't say anything about it. He just says the sounds that they're making. Yeah. Uh, Lion is roar. And so it's, it's similar to pumpkin. It's like, yeah. Oh, no, no, roar, roar, roar. <laughs> and so it's just nonstop roar in our house and yeah, just constant. And so it, it, even when it's annoying, it's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dave, did you bring uh, anything for Thanksgiving? Did you? Uh, I brought very little. I brought, oh no, well, I brought a salad and then I brought um, the fussiest pumpkin pie. <laughs> Oh, no. Is that good or what bad? Made it fussy? Did you, did you try to make your own pumpkin puree? No, no. It's fussy because it's from Cook's Illustrated, which mm-hmm. is America's Test Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever followed any of their recipes, which they do, how many berries? Like 75 or 80 different options. And then they narrow it down. <laughs> yeah, to I have keep, one of their cookbooks. Yeah. I'm test it, they test it every possible way. So it's yeah. like, put it in the oven for so, this temperature for this many minutes sure. and then turn so, it 90 degrees. Yeah. What makes a pie fussy? A pumpkin oh, pie, especially it, it all the steps half and half, uh, heavy cream. <laughs> okay, but there um, we go. Marin's testing. The interesting thing is um, allspice that it's. I'm feeling no, aggressive. No allspice. So I, I use freshly grated ginger, which, okay, and cinnamon and nutmeg. But um, what makes it fussy is you. Well, you don't only use half of its pumpkin. The other half is candied yams. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The weird part is when you have to sing to it. Are you I judging? <laughs> I am judging. <laughs> I am judging because ginger does not go in my pumpkin pie. I'm going to oh, promise you. I'm freshly promise grated you, ginger. I've had. Mm-mm. Freshly grated Many nutmeg. pumpkin Ooh. pies. None of them are as good as mine. I, I agree. <laughs> it's, oh, shots fired, Marin. I don't think I've ever had one of Marin's <laughs> pumpkin fired. pies. But I would also agree that it's the best the pumpkin pie, pie The Thanksgiving pie down. lady is in yeah, the room. Yeah, I'm right here, guys. All right. <laughs> I'm right well, here. Pie off. Pie, pie off next I think year. The time is we'll have to have a pie off. <laughs> pie off. We'll, have, we'll have a pie off next yes. year. Yes. This is what I love. This is what I love. Just competition. This is why we pod. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. So that was what's in the past. Let's look a couple of weeks in the future. Oh. Just talk a little bit about what we can expect over the Christmas holiday season. Um, cheer. We started cheer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so one of the big things that we're doing this year, in case you haven't uh, tuned in or attended services the past few weeks, uh, we are doing something special on Christmas Eve during Christmas Eve services. So Barry, can you kind of tell us what we're doing? Yeah. Well, other than it always is special. Well, because, yeah, but this is different. But this, this is year, different special. Yeah, this year at our three, am I right? Three o'clock? Yes. Mm-hmm. Three o'clock service. <laughs> you can tell um, I prepared for this. On Christmas Eve, December 24th, we are doing a sensory friendly service. Marin, I mean, you are probably far more knowledgeable about exactly what we're doing, but from what I understand, it'll be, the lights will be a little bit, uh, like Higher, it won't be as dark, so brighter. it'll be brighter lights yeah. and uh, less noise. It will be a little quieter. Yeah. Um, Just a sensory friendly. Um, we've been working closely with Laura Mitchell who directs our lift ministry. Um, because we could, we could guess what we think a sensory friendly service would look like, but Mm -hmm. she is the one who knows. And so she's kind of been, um, helping to inform some decisions that we make in ways that we will, um, even as musicians kind of adjust, um, how we're playing, what we're playing. Mm And uh, it'll still be the full Christmas Eve service just with the sensory friendly, uh, element. 
Yeah. And our hope is yeah, why that, are we doing this? Well, we, we would love, well, first of all, because we're a church that cares a lot about making room for people and part, part of the reason we have lift in the first place, our ministry for kids and students with disabilities is because we want to make room. We want to make sure everybody has a chance to, yeah. to meet Jesus and, and be a part of our community. But we're, we're feeling a nudge to, to stretch ourselves even further in how we make room for adults with disabilities in our worship services, in our mm-hmm. o- overall just life as a church. And so we want to use this as a bit of a, I don't know, a catalytic moment and exper- yeah. experiment even to, to invite people with disabilities uh, yeah. from our community and from our our church family who might not normally want to come to a loud, bright or loud, you know, with a shining lights, moving lights, moving all that overstimulating yeah. service, mm-hmm. but maybe uh, one that's designed for them would be mm-hmm. something they would actually really cherish. So that's yeah. what we're hoping to, to do. Yeah. And you know, we have, we have dreams of the people. So lift right now, like if you're not a part of the lift community, you may not even, even know that we have this ministry. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's kind of off to the side of the building during the 11 o'clock service. We, we have dreams of kind of having, the lift community ingrained in the overall grace culture and experience. And so this is kind of dipping our toe into that. And uh, we have dreams of having, I don't know, 50 people raising their hand and say, I want to help out. And with this service, yeah, with this service and sitting with a, a lift family or sitting with a visitor who may have disabilities or something and just jump in and be the community uh, kind of together versus kind of having them off into sure. their part of the building or whatever. And so uh, we're really excited about it. And we're, like you said, we're kind of using it as an opportunity to be like, what, what would it look and feel like to have services with kind of all of us together, mm-hmm. uh, including the lift community. So yeah, we're really excited about it. Um, what else are we doing Christmas, Christmassy? What, 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 what can we share? What are we talking about? What are we doing? What else are we doing Christmassy? Yeah. What's Christmassy uh, that's coming up? The lobby looks a little different. Yep. The stage already looks a little different. We're not done. We're still kind looks of in great. installation mode, but yeah. things are underway. All right. So starting this weekend, people will- uh, Things are underway. Feel feel a little more Christmassy. Yeah. I mean, really, there's only three weekends between yeah. this coming weekend and um, Christmas Eve. So. I, uh, I expect all your shopping's done. Hmm. <laughs> Somewhat, some of it. (laughs) We'll move on. All right. Uh, All right. So Dave, you're here because you wrapped up our sermon series, Calm in the Chaos, which is really kind of leading into the Christmas season. And we've focused on four topics um, that we feel people uh, often go through different, different types of uh, struggles or emotions or uh, tension that people may feel in their life uh, leading into the holiday season that may, that we, we felt like there was an opportunity for us to help kind of people navigate through these different emotions. And so you, uh, preached this past weekend. Can, do you mind sharing kind of the big idea of what you wanted people to walk away with? Yeah. The big idea is, um, I can't even remember the full, the best big idea was Richard Rohr's stand still in humble something. The, I can't remember the quote now, but the idea is we're going to uh, entering into stand still in a patient, humble way, Yeah, stand still in a patient, humble way is a posture that I think is needed at a time where everything seems to be conflictual or much, mm. m- many relationships are in conflict because of ideological issues, uh, 
among other things. Yeah. So stand still in a patient, humble way, or, I mean, and I glibly <laughs> said, shut up. Um, yeah. In other words, shut up. That's it. <laughs> I'm glad you, I'm <laughs> glad you, uh, glad you. I mean, that was like, that. you had to know that's coming. That's coming on the podcast. Like that, that Absolutely. soundbite, like yeah. that was perfect. I knew, I knew it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. And because right now we're not doing that very well. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, we're, we're looking at Galatians chapter five for this, for this weekend or this past weekend. And it's really interesting. Like we've been in a pandemic for 18 months and for 18 months, we've been like, this is a once in a ever situation, once in a lifetime situation. Like we, the world has never experienced anything like this or at least in a long, 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 long time. But then you read Galatians five and listen to the sermon. It's like, this is exactly what, I mean, they weren't probably talking about pandemic, but this is exactly what we can world in front of the text stuff that we can take from Paul's letter to apply to the moment that we're in. So yeah, the most captivating thing from that Galatians five passage was the way he described their conflict was not in uh, plain bland terms. Like you guys stop disagreeing, stop arguing, stop arguing. Mm -hmm. No, it was stop biting devouring and annihilating each other. Stop it. He makes it sound like uh, they're a bunch of wild animals, like killing each other. Yeah. I mean, the words, the word, I mean, I didn't need to go into bite is exactly, it was the Greek word to chew. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, and Mm. devour is essentially to eat and swallow. Yeah. I mean, so. And yeah, you, in 2021, you, you really, it's the most divided time I've ever lived through. I, I'm sure there were more divided times, but it feels like you say the wrong thing and you're getting yeah. devoured or you get you're chewed out. Yeah. You get chewed up and, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, maybe you're the one doing the chewing or mm-hmm. somebody says something you don't like or whatever. So this was really point poignant. Oh boy. Poignant. And we're back to the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So you focused on Galatians chapter five verses 13 through, um, 23 and the passage starts by saying we've been called to live in freedom and uh, we ought to use that freedom to serve one another and love. And that, that you didn't really focus on, on that part, but it, it caught my attention because um, it was, there's a, there's a difference between how I have viewed freedom. Like I get the freedom to do what I want mm-hmm. and the freedom Paul's talking about, which is like, that's actually the problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you, if you treat the freedom in Christ to do what you want, that's the problem. Mm. Um, so yeah. What, what does that freedom mean and how can we use freedom to, to not do what we want? Well, the free, the freedom to, um, well, freedom is what most of the battles are about right now. Mm -hmm. Everyone's Mm. concerned uh, and why they're, why so many people are fighting back is do not take away my freedom. Yeah. And Paul says we should use our freedom mm-hmm. to love each other. And what I think one of the most stunning things he says is he said, because all the law is summed up in this love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. He doesn't even say love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He, mm. he says, here's what it all sum, is summed up by love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So if you're going to exert your freedom, that's how you do it. Yeah. It's interesting. Like when we think of freedom, it's just the opposite. It's like freedom to be myself, but this is saying freedom from yourself. 
like freedom. Right. right. Yeah. You were slaves to sin. You were, you had no choice in the matter. You were stuck Mm -hmm. repeating the same patterns over and over again, but now you're free from those things. So don't go back to them. You're free. Be free. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a completely different way of thinking. If I can find this quote, I sent to you and Barry earlier this week. uh, And I probably don't have it anymore. Um, About freedom. If you still have it, Barry, I'll um, look it up. Look look it up because um, it was an interesting perspective on um, yeah. So if he finds it, yeah. Otherwise, uh, yep. yeah, we have a choice. Paul said, you have a choice. You, you're free to choose. But right here in verse 17 of, of the chapter we're in in Galatians, Galatians five, it says the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Yeah, mm. yeah absolutely. It's part of that upside down kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's what's so peculiar about us as Christians. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. Freedom to us means freedom to, you know, express our opinion and get what we want. Yeah, absolutely. Get what we want. But Galatians is talking about freedom to serve one another in love. That very desire to do that thing comes from the Holy Spirit and it goes against our natural inclination to serve self first. Yeah. And so you, you kind of parked on the whole biting and devouring thing. And I'm sure I've read that before, but it didn't connect with me. Like it connected this past weekend where it does feel like he's talking about wild animals and that, you know, that's what we see in the whole foods example that you, you illustrated. And I mean, I've seen it in my own life, uh, you know, in my own friends and family, like we, it, it happens. And I think when we are self-centered and we are not using freedom in Christ to uh, behave with self-giving love, like we see people as rivals or I do as enemies as yeah. Enemies right. instead of seeing people as people who God loves and it destroys life in our families and communities when we view people that way. And so, yeah, I really appreciated that just how different that felt of being like, when you are fighting against the spirit, you are, <laughs> you're, you're treating people as rivals and you're likely to bite and devour them, mm-hmm. which is the exact and opposite. Annihilate them, wipe yep. them out. And really that's the end game for when you get into biting and devouring, the end game is I will, I will chew you up to the point where you basically are, you are humiliated or don't exist. Yeah. Anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what, I keep seeing everywhere. And that's why I'm, I'm, I've been, I've been trying to like limit myself. I, I am off Twitter. I don't read Twitter anymore. I'm, I'm way less on Reddit. I'm trying to be intentional on the things I look at on YouTube because so much of the content that's out there is not, Hey, let's have a fair minded conversation about our disagreements. It's here. Let's dunk on, let's devour, let's destroy those that disagree with us. And I mean, yeah, the desire is not for them to change their minds. The desire is for them to be gone, which, yeah. yeah. mean, humiliate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm alone in this, in this room. Maybe I'm not. (laughs) Hopefully I'm not. Hopefully I am actually. Uh, I feel like my encounters with people, like whether it's talking about masks or whatever, talking about anything, really, I feel like it's a zero sum game. Like either I'm winning and you're losing or you're losing or you're winning and I'm losing. And uh, this kind of like is super convicting to me Mm -hmm. um, because I treat 
I don't, I don't know that I care to destroy someone, but I like knowing that I beat them mm, in sure. conversation or argument or whatever. And the idea of always needing to be right or feeling like I at least am winning is very prevalent in my life. And so it was very convicting to mm. me to be like, that's the exact opposite mm. of what the spirit would have for me. Well, and even if, even if your motives are natural in that you have a sense of what is right and you may not think that they're yeah. evil, but they're definitely not right. I mean, yeah, they're wrong. Yeah. And so you feel like, <laughs> yeah. you feel I like, I got to let them know. Well, I got to correct them for yeah. their sake. Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. It's, it's their, it's for their benefit that I <laughs> yeah, devour and them. And it's like, no, if you would just understand, cause yeah. like I guess I've done my own research on yeah. this and I've, I've figured this out. So I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to educate you so that you get this right. Does this make sense? Yeah. yeah does. And, and that's never how it goes. All right. So then Paul talks about what it looks like to have the Holy Spirit kind of be the guide of our lives. And you listed it out. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it's so true after listening to you, Dave, and actually living the past five years or so that like it feels, obviously we talked about it. It flies in the face of our sinful nature. And so my biggest question for this show, and I want to hear your guys' reaction to this, and I I wondered, um, can our sinful nature kind of inhibit the Holy Spirit? Oh, that's your question? Yeah. (laughs) I assume there was more. That's it. Like my sin, it's like there's a battle between what I want and what is, is what the Holy Spirit wants if it is if God is to be the guide of my life, right. Can my sinful nature like prohibit the Holy spirit from what it wants to do? Uh, my answer would be on its own in Christ. If we are in Christ, no, your sinful nature has no power to overpower you. The question is, do you give your sinful nature power or do you surrender your will to the spirit? Yeah. So I think in a roundabout way, you can allow your sinful nature to have more power in your life or over your decisions than the spirit has. Mm -hmm. That's not because the spirit is less powerful. Mm -hmm. It's because you are choosing to, to elevate the power of your sinful nature by doing what it says. Yeah. But, but but in Christ, I don't think if, if we are truly surrendered to Jesus, I don't think our sinful nature can, can rear its ugly head and overpower us because that's not how it works. If Mm -hmm. you've surrendered your life to Jesus, it only happens when you are surrendering your life to something else. In my opinion, maybe I'm wrong. No, I mean, that sounds, that sounds right. It just, it feels like they're, you know, listening to this, it feels like there's a battle. Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah. Yeah, Even in the scripture we just read in Galatians, he was talking about how these things, these things are at conflict with one another. Mm -hmm. So I've always, I guess I've always pictured like the Holy Spirit gets what the Holy Spirit wants. And if it, maybe not. Maybe that's I'm I'm looking at Ephesians four right now. Um, which Ephesians four, if just read it when you get a chance, the whole chapter. It's a very interesting compliment to what we heard from from Dave's message this weekend and from Galatians chapter five. Um, but I'm looking specifically at verse thirty, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Mm. Don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. 
guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. And then it goes into another list. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and harsh words. It's it's a very interesting thing to compare these two passages of scripture. Mm-hmm. But it talks about in another translation, it says grieving the Holy Spirit. You know, don't bring grief or sorrow to, to the Holy Spirit. Or yeah. quench. Yeah. Or yeah. quench is another... This is probably, I don't know if this is correct theology or not. You would think I would know after 42 years. So you've been gone a little while. while. (laughs) But the thing is, it feels like there's three entities. There's the Holy Spirit, your sinful nature, and you. Yeah. And again, Mm. that may be an improper way of looking at it. But when I read the passage, it seems like the word is being delivered to me and making me look at the other two entities Mm. and saying, choose. Yeah. You have the opportunity to choose. Mm-hmm. Now, at one point, pre-Christ, before we surrender to Christ, I had less of an opportunity to choose the Holy Spirit, if any opportunity, because I was so linked. But through Christ's death and our faith in him, that that permanent tie between me and my sinful nature was cut. But I still can choose it. Yeah. So if we look at it as three entities, you, the Holy Spirit, and your sinful nature, it's still... It's in your, you have to choose. Yeah. And you suggest that we choose, you know, stay quiet or shut up when others are loud. Um, and here's your list of ways we could choose to act according to the spirit, Dave. You said, number one, settle down. Um, here we go. I know you want this one. Settle down. <laughs> you worked hard. <laughs> yeah. You worked hard for Gotta that find sound that. bite. Yeah. Uh, number two, be mindful of how you're feeling. Um, Number three, pray for help and direction. Uh, As verse 16 says, be directed by the spirit. Number four, when you get there, so when you get to the confrontation or the uncomfortable uncomfortable scenario during the holiday season, display a gentle wordless peace, stay in the room with with loving self-control and stand still in a patient, humble way. And uh, all of that to me just says like, slow down. That's why I have to just slow down. So the key to the whole thing is mindfulness. Yeah. Mm. Um, we are, we as followers of Christ are really not good at mindfulness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we're reactionary. We don't think, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? And why am I feeling it? Mm-hmm. If we started there and practice mindfulness and paying attention the way I mm-hmm. say it, um, we, that's half the battle. Yeah because you're, you're aware of how you're feeling. After that, it's a combination of determination and surrender. Mm-hmm. And the surrender is to the Holy Spirit because to be empowered to say no or to keep your mouth shut is what we need. Yeah. I can determine I'm going to, I'm going to try as hard as I can to keep my mouth shut, but Holy Spirit, mm, I need help. Yeah. Is there ever a time where we shouldn't stay quiet? Well, it won't surprise you that I had people coming up to me after the sermon (laughs) asking that very question uh, in tears Yeah, Mm -hmm. because, um, as one person said, what I'm going into, and I won't go into detail, but she described the damage that was likely going to happen to her children. Mm by their grandparents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we, I, we talked for a while and I said, you know, um, if there's that kind of damage coming to your children, you have the responsibility 
maybe not to take it on, but to at least say no and stay away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, boundaries there. You have to put up boundaries because especially when it's damaging you or your children. Yeah. It's one thing to love a fool. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people are fools. It's a lot. Another thing to love a normal sinner, but, yeah. but loving an evil person, the way you love an evil person is you cut them off mm-hmm. from doing more evil. Mm. Yeah. I was thinking about this. I think, I think there are two times where you can speak in, in light of what you, I agree yeah. with your big idea, but there are two times when you can speak. One is in a situation, perhaps not necessarily like Thanksgiving dinner, but if you come across a time when someone is abusing another and there is a time to be defensive of the person being abused or, or if someone is saying things that are, that are perhaps blatantly like racist or, or hateful, like, it's okay. I think in those moments to, to call it out for what it is, mm-hmm. not necessarily to fight back, but just to, to call it out for what it is. Yeah. That, that would be like on one hand, the other side. And this is the part that I think is, it requires two parties. If both people who disagree are able to approach a conversation with open palmed humility and self-giving love, then I say you can talk about it, well, you abso- know, obviously, but, but the absolutely. problem is uncle Larry can't, can't do that or isn't willing to well, do that. And so you don't get into a fight with him. You don't, you do, you do shut up. Yeah. Yeah. And cause what uncle Larry, the uncle Larry meme, what, mm-hmm. what he's trying to do is he's not just telling you what he thinks is right. He's baiting you mm. to engage him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by baiting you to engage, he is, he wants to engage. He wants to throw down. And I think when we keep our mouth shut, we take away the baiting. Yeah. And he is left, he is left, he doesn't know what to do. Larry doesn't, Uncle Larry does not know what to do with somebody who's quiet. Yeah. Mm. He knows exactly what to do when you fight back mm-hmm. and he's just baiting you. And so that's why, that's why being quiet and with the caveat, exactly what you're saying, Barry, the, the caveat I uh, have absolutely agree with. We, by our, our silence takes away the baiting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to, for me, because I get, I get involved in these situations a lot. It's important for me to, to remember the, the peace and patience part of this. Mm. Um, the, the words like joy and kindness and goodness, like those things go out the window when I'm just mad about, you know, but the, it's important for me to remember the peace and patience because ultimately like we, what you said, like I do want to have influence over other people uh, I want to have, even if it's about like Christianity or God mm-hmm. or something, I want to have the, the, the opportunity or window to speak into somebody's life. Um, but it may not be that moment it may not be at yeah. the Christmas war or whatever. And right. so the more that I can be patient and remember that this is the Holy spirit's peace in me as I choose to be silent, like that is perhaps creating the actual window at a later time. Hopefully, you know, cause if uncle Larry knows you're just going to get into it every time, then really you're not really influencing anything, but it's, it's like one of those people that don't really speak up and then they finally say something and maybe down the road, it has a bigger impact. I feel like if you take the bait and engage with uncle Larry, then you're two clanging symbols. You're two just loud, garishly awful ear splitting symbols. If you don't take the bait, 
Then Uncle Larry is the clanging symbol. And that becomes obvious to pretty much everybody in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And and what I tried what I tried to say early on is why is Uncle Larry the way Uncle Larry is? And yes, he may be a fool, but he also may have experienced so much change. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so much where what everything that he thought was normal is no not normal. And he's just desperately trying to defend himself. Yeah. And or- he's being given through what he's exposed to, he's being given a narrative that makes sense of his pain right. or loss. And whether or not that's an accurate narrative is, right. is a whole other point, but he, it makes sense to him. Mm-hmm. It, it's yes. coherent to his worldview. Exactly. And as a result, you're not going to change. You're not going to tell him <laughs> that. No, that is not a coherent worldview mm-hmm. because from his perspective, it makes sense of everything he's feeling. And how could anybody yeah. be such a fool not to think this way? Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. he he doesn't just want to be right; he needs to be right. Mm-hmm. Well, he knows he's he, right. Well, but but <laughs> from but his he perspective, needs, he needs to know he's right because otherwise, the world doesn't make any sense to him. Yeah. yeah, and he doesn't know what to do with himself. Now, unfortunately, he's being foolish in that he is completely disregarding everyone else and what they're feeling and what they're what they're going through. Mm. Yeah, um, and and just in yeah. case anyone's wondering. Everything we just said is true for both sides of, yes. of, these, of this ideological yes. divide. I, yes. I tried as hard as I could in the sermon to yeah. make it clear, not make it clear, but to paint a picture that regardless of which, which right. side of the ideological divide you find yourself, right. it's still true. So what does it look like? You ended your, your, your message with first Corinthians 13, regardless of what side of the divide you find yourself on, what does it look like to be patient mm-hmm. and kind mm-hmm. not boastful or proud or rude or not demand your own way or not irritable yeah. all of these things that you said yeah well it's interesting i'm glad you read that because Marin, as i was this past week when i was reading through first corinthians 13 that list in this context wow they mm-hmm. they were so yeah. um I don't know. It just, it's, it's, they seemed to jump off the page. They were in bright red letters to me. Mm. You know, I never realized until I, I was listening to your message. I looked this up. So I always heard love is patient. And I always heard that the, the, you know, the, um, fruit of the spirit, I always heard the growing up the phrase long suffering, right. but it was always love is patient, but the word is the same. It's love is long suffering. That's mm-hmm. the first thing it says. Love is long suffering, which is so interesting to me. Yeah. Which is my absolute favorite fruit of the spirit because it is what it says it is. Yeah. <laughs> Very clear. You no, suffer, no suffer longer. For a long time. Shut up and suffer longer. <laughs> Yut up. Get out of my face. <laughs> and get out of my face. Yeah. Yep. Do I, apparently I still live on. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Pods. <laughs> Don't touch me. Yes. <laughs> That's me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're good. You're, you're forever. Okay. Forever in our hearts. Um, yeah, this is really, this is really hard for me. Is it hard for you guys? Is this hard for you? I think it's hard for everybody to some degree. I mean, even as we're reading first Corinthians 13 and we're talking about love, not being rude, but right there in in the next verse, it says, love does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And that's why people are as vocal as they are. They want the the truth to win out. Since when does telling the truth make me a jerk? Right, 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 right. (laughs) There you go. Thanks, Larry. Larry. Thanks, Larry. Larry. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But love endures through every circumstance. Mm-hmm. And we have had to endure through some circumstances 
over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I need to say this again. I, some, we need something different. It yeah. is not working the way we're doing it. Mm. And this radical, radical silence is, is a proposal that we need to consider. Yeah. That's so. I think I think it's time for something different because show me where it's working. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Um, before we talk about what's next, I I do want to touch on the grief sermon just a minute because Marion, last week you got to speak on a topic that's incredibly personal to you. We didn't have a podcast last week, but mm-hmm. I said I wanted to just touch on it. And so, on grief specifically. Uh, how to navigate the holidays and grief together. Um, what's the response you've gotten from that sermon? Oh, it seemed to really resonate with people. Yeah. Um, I, I have to be honest. I was very nervous about this sermon ever since I realized I would be preaching this sermon mm. because I feel like, again, like you said, it's such a personal thing. Yeah. Um, grief is in many ways, like I said, a very unique, albeit universal experience. Um, but it's just so individual. And I, every word that I said in that message, I tried to filter through, could I say this to my friend who lost her husband? Mm. Could I say this to someone who lost their mom? Mm. Could I say this to someone who lost their wife? Um, everyone I knew that was grieving mm-hmm. was their, their faces were in my mind yeah. as I was praying over this message. And I also really struggled with how practical to be. Um, and you, you might mention this in a minute, but we've got a grief share event coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, is it next Thursday? I think this it's this Thursday, this December 2nd. Okay. Right. And that's the place for, I I read through a lot of the grief share materials as they specifically relate to the holidays. And there's really good practical, practical stuff in there. How to, um, hold party reservations loosely when you're grieving and say, you know what? I'm, I'm not sure exactly how I'll feel that day. So Mm. pencil me in, but please understand I, I might be able to make it. I might not be able to make it like just practical, get through the day to day Mm -hmm. elements of what it means to be grieving during the holidays. And I could have talked for another 45 minutes if I would have gone into practical stuff like that. But what I felt the Holy spirit telling me is, just that this is, this is how I have been speaking to you and your grief. This is what I want you to share to the people. There is another place. There's lots of other resources to get the the pragmatic Mm -hmm. um, bullet pointed, you know, tips for surviving the holidays, that, that kind of thing. But what I want you to tell them Mm -hmm. is that I will be with them. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus caring about your grief and being with you in your grief is very, very comforting. And it, this whole series really is just one of those um, <clears throat> series where almost every sermon, yeah, every sermon of the of the series, I have somebody in mind I could share with, you know, I could forward it mm-hmm. to, to someone to mm-hmm. be like, you, I know somebody grieving, or I know somebody who is stressed out about going to a family event, or I know somebody who's struggling financially or whatever. And I, all of these sermons are like, I have people's faces in mind yeah. that not only am I convicted in all of them, but I feel like these are super shareable, mm-hmm. you know? And that is some of the feedback that I got yeah. quite a bit of people 
you know, texting me or telling me I'm, I'm passing this on to yeah. my brother-in-law or, you know, my friend yeah. who, who needs to hear this message. So. Yeah. So how are you? How are you doing? I'm grieving. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Um, I had a, I, I can count on one hand the amount of times I've had um, a dream so real, so, 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 so real that I woke up and felt like, how did that not just happen for real? And I had one of those dreams about my mom earlier this week, um, Saturday night going into Sunday. And again, I mean, I could go all year and have normal dreams, <laughs> but we we get to the holidays, we get closer to this time of year and things just, they're just electric. They just feel so different than they do at other times during the year. And part of that for me, I think is like, you know, everyone has sentimental memories and things surrounding the holidays, but my mom's birthday is December 23rd. She died on the 19th. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of additional stuff mm -hmm. that plays into my grief around this time of year. Yeah. Um, so it, it was, it, it was a personal deep dive for me to shut myself away in my office and have to face my own grief yeah. mm -hmm. as I put this message together. Um, I, I, I used the video of lighting my coffee on fire and my brain fog <laughs> uh -huh. later that afternoon, Sunday afternoon, I'm, I'm mentally exhausted. I'm emotionally exhausted. I, right in front of my husband, I went and put a bag of tortilla chips in the refrigerator. Like it's happening again. <laughs> What's happening? I'm falling apart. So anyway, I, I think that certain elements of grief resurface mm -hmm. as the seasons or the waves, yeah. you know, as they intensify and they decrease, um, but at least I can recognize it now where that first year, my year of firsts, I didn't know what the heck was happening mm. to me. I just, I, I didn't realize it was grief, but mm. I can get it now. Um, and I feel like that gives me an ability to not only be more prepared, but also to in, invite, invite, remember that he is with me, mm. invite the Holy spirit into those mm. moments. Lord, did you see that? Yeah. I almost put the tortilla chips in the fridge. Did you catch that? Okay. You did. All right. Yeah. Nobody likes cold. Let's have a good laugh shows. over that. Lord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Lord, that dream I had last night, I, I don't even know how to shake off this, this feeling I have right now mm -hmm. would just be with me in this moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing it. I know that I don't imagine it was easy, but I'm, I'm I know a lot of people who are appreciative and actually we, uh, we invited someone who was, has been dealing with grief all year to, to, join us for that service and they, mm. they came and it was really, really meaningful to them. So I'm sure it was for a lot of people. Mm. So thank you both for sharing your sermons this, this month. Um, Barry, where do we head next as we actually head into the holiday season? Yeah, we're starting this coming weekend. We're starting our December series that'll take us all the way through Christmas Eve called peace on earth. Shocker of a title, but, uh, <laughs> what, what I want to do is Why I want us to, laughing? it's just not a, I mean, it's, it's hard the to way be he said, shocker. Yeah. Super exciting. Yeah, we're a church. We're calling it peace on earth. Peace on shocker. Earth. <laughs> but the reason I'm excited about it is cause I, I like, shut up. I, so <laughs> the, the big question that we're going to try to be asking starting this weekend is, is okay. The, the angels came to the shepherds and declared peace on earth and goodwill towards men. What, yeah. what did they mean by that? Mm. Yeah. And we, t we touched on it in one message last year, but this time we're going to spend four whole weeks talking about it. And we're going to, we're going to kind of radiate outwards. We're going to start this weekend. Peace in my heart. 
yeah. peace next week in my family, peace in my community, uh-huh. and Christmas uh-huh. Eve will be peace in my world. And okay. so we're going to look at four different dimensions of what the coming of Jesus, what the birth of Jesus yeah. meant for the world, for us, for our community when it comes to peace. And so I'm excited about it. And I think I'm going to be picking up on some themes that we already touched on in this series, but especially Marion, what you were talking about, about, about the Lord being near. Mm. I think that's going to be a, a pretty, that, well, frankly, that is kind of the big idea for the whole series. The Lord is near. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, we'll get into that this weekend. I'm excited. Cool. Looking forward to that. So we're still doing donuts every week. <laughs> Apparently. All right. I like that. We, we thought yeah. we would do them. We, we got donuts between services yeah. for like a few weeks. Like, Hey, this will be a fun thing to and try then Jeff out. And then Jeff announced. got up on stage and said, this is what we're doing now, I guess. So we're doing this yeah. every week forever. Right. <laughs> and we're like, no, Jeff. So part of the problem, that's one of the problems. The other problem is my kids come in and they look forward to donuts, but you can't take donuts to the other kids class. Because what if someone's allergic? See? Uh-huh. So it's just setting my kids up for complete Sadness. disappointment. Or they just have to cram the donut yeah. before they go in. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should so, do donut holes. That would be were, yeah. those, Some of those donuts were head sized. I am I not took, enticed by donuts at all. Really? Oh, come if on. there were like some sous vide egg bites out there, sous-vide I'd, be, egg bites. I'd be all over it. Does I want Jack protein. Donuts, I don't does Jack's want donut. donuts do sous vide egg bites? <laughs> I took one of the boxes of those donuts out to like greet people as they were coming in and it weighed like 40 pounds. Yeah. My arm was shaking by how much butter was in that, was in right. that box. Next, it is gone. <laughs> next week, Mary and I are going to bring our pumpkin pies. You could bring your sous vide stick and Marin she'll can bring make. hers and I'll bring the right one. Right. <laughs> oh man. Shots fired. All right, Marin, uh, will you please send us out? I sure will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>